The book was better. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. 2022. Oh, jeez. And welcome to the Book Was Better podcast. I'm Kaylee Clark. I'm Taylor Collette. And it's, it's a new year. It is. <laughs> and it's a lot of things. Okay. <laughs> it's, yeah, just, just a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we're excited. Got lots of fun new stuff coming out for you. Um, our reading calendar is out. Yep. As of today. So we're doing Ella Enchanted today, which uh, should be a lot of fun. Uh, Taylor hadn't read the book before. No. And it's so, so different. This it's discussion will be lots of fun. <laughs> it's so different. <laughs> It's very different, but very, so this will be good. Um, Mm -hmm. But before we get to that, just wanted to remind everyone about the reading calendar, as well as um, merch, merch corner. We still have Harry Potter, Harry Potter merch line, as well as just like general book related and reading stuff. And if you, you haven't already, Buy some Harry Potter merch, put it on, or drink some nice tea out of the mug while you enjoy the Harry Potter reunion that happened on New Year's Eve. And then do the same again in your Harry Potter merch and gear while listening to our mini-sode next week where we talk all about the reunion (laughs) and our thoughts and feelings (laughs) while watching it. Harry Potter is near and dear to our hearts. It's what started this whole thing off. We started this whole show with Harry Potter, not to mention that we've both just been obsessed with it since we were kids. Yep. So that that will be fun there. Um, also, just wanted to throw out there, I'm pretty obsessed right now with Disney's new movie, Encanto. Taylor has yet to see it, and I don't know how. Um, my children are also obsessed with it, and we've seen it way too many times. But it's one of those movies where it's like, I'm not sick of it yet. The music is so good. So... What do you I mean? Know it's, it's an animated. You don't know how I haven't movie. seen it. The reason I haven't seen it is that I don't have do children. Do you not have Disney Plus? I do you not have Disney Plus. I have Disney Plus, but I don't have children, so I don't watch. But you have Disney Plus. Animated movies. You movie. have Disney Plus. Yes, you. That is. Not, you are the kind of adult that watches animated movies, even though you don't have children. Don't even try to deny that. Fact. Not as many. <laughs> not as many. I guess not now that you work full time and you're a big working adult woman, but still. I wish I had more time. If you have Disney Plus, you can watch it. Or it's in theaters. And guess what? Obviously, this is not an ad because Disney would never pay us to talk about it. But it's something that I really enjoyed. And the music is really good and makes me really happy. And it's also just a fun, cute movie that focuses on family values and admitting when you're wrong and apologizing for them and whatnot, which is necessary i feel like in a lot of family dynamics <laughs> so, so yeah that's unrelated but i just wanted to throw that out there any anything else tt before we dive in nope okay well then we will begin and today we are talking about gail carson levine's or levine listen 
listen. <laughs> Do I ever know how to pronounce these names? <laughs> I say Levine. <sighs> like Avril Levine. Anyway, Gail Carson Levine's Ella Enchanted. Um, the book was published in 1997 and the movie came out in 2004. Wow, the movie is almost 20 years old. <laughs> Gross. I don't remember Gross. being that young when it came. No, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it came out when I was like 10, 10 or I, like I remember watching it at like 10 or 11 and I loved it. Yeah. And we've both seen this movie just like multiple times. Oh, I like love over over. this movie normally. Mm hmm. There's, There's a reason. We're going to get into it. Um, but yeah, so our our starting lineup here, we've got director Tommy O'Haver. And this is a first. The screenplay, not including like the original author, five people five are given credits people. for writing the screenplay. Five and people. they screwed it up so bad. No, that's why. But that's right. Because it's like the most I've ever seen. Right. Like going back. Luckily, you know, like I keep all my notes in the same notebook, like going back through all of my like we've had more than one screenwriter before. But it's I think the most that we've ever seen is maybe three. Most often it's just one or two. Yeah. So the fact that they I didn't have room to write them all down. <laughs> so I didn't. Yeah. They don't deserve it. We just, just just know that it was a mix. It was a hodgepodge of both male and female writers, but five of them. And then you, you watch the movie realizing that and you're like, no wonder there's just so much. Like, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And it's very different and from the book. They made it a musical on top of that. So there's yeah. just so much, but not an original musical, not with like any original no, songs. It's a jukebox musical. Just they made it one of those jukebox. Yeah. So anyway, speaking of music, the the original music in the movie was done by Nick Glennie Smith. I mean, he was fine. I mean, the music was fine. Again, I'm, the music was good. I'm not complaining about the music outside of the fun. musical aspect. Outside Which of the really awkward musical aspect. I have thoughts. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get to. We'll get to it. <laughs> um, and then casting was done by Susie Figgis. And I don't have any complaints about the cast. Mm. Like, I actually mm. really, especially like when, when you, when I think like looks wise, for the most part, they, they nailed it. Except they're all I too old. When we get to the, when we get to the complaints, but that's a screenplay thing. That's the writer. Like, it's the writers that I'm mad at. I guess, like, yeah. When, when you really look at any of the flaws with the cast in the movie, I think comes down to, like, screenplay or yeah, director. I have so many. Not problems. necessarily <laughs> the cast member themselves. We'll get to it all. Don't you worry. Yeah. So for my summary off the top of my head, right? This is the this is the all it is. This is all I can say for it to be accurate of both the book and the movie. Ella is a girl who is, quote unquote, gifted with the gift of obedience as an infant and grows up trying to and, and then goes through this like adventure of trying to break the curse because it's really not a gift. It's a curse. 
that's it. <laughs> Normally I can go in a little bit more detail with my plot summary, but I, I can't in this case because the book and movie go in such different directions. Mm-hmm. And, and before we get you know too deep into things too, keep in mind that I do not dislike this movie. No, and I don't think you do. either. That's the hard part. I loved this movie so much. It was like one of those like, you know, kind of chick flicky, like just fun ones. You it's like a on. guilty pleasure, like chill. You just throw on. Yeah. yeah. And I loved like it. Like burlesque. And then I. <laughs> it's got fun music. You just. No, nope. no. Nope. Very different. <laughs> Very different. Mm. Oh. Anyways, they're, they're, they're in the same category in my brain where it's like I'm I just need to throw something on. I'm either by myself or just with like my girlfriends and like we're tired and or I'm folding laundry and I just need something that's fun and like don't really have to worry too much about the plot or the story. Ella Enchanted is a good movie for that. So is Burlesque. Anyways, I'm not just diving into that. Music. Not diving into that one. I read this book a couple days ago. I read it all in one day because it's actually a, a pretty quick read. It's a real quick read. I also reread it in literally a matter of hours. So. Yeah, it was I was like, oh, OK, this is a very quick read. And then I made the mistake of uh, trying to go back and watch the movie. And yeah. to like really watch the movie first <laughs> compare and ooh, I couldn't I had to turn it off after like five minutes. Because it was so bad comparatively. <laughs> so it's yeah, hard because like, it's a good movie. If you do not compare it to the book at all. If you can, and this is difficult. Some people try to make this argument with the Percy Jackson movies. And t- 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 in that regard, I think that's total BS. But oh, in I love to this movie. I love the Percy Jackson movies when you don't compare them. I think they're hilarious. So I get no, it. No, but that's just it. That's hilarious. The movies aren't yeah. supposed to be like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like Ella Enchanted the movie versus Ella Enchanted the book. If you look at them and you can completely separate them in your mind and view them as completely different entities, mm-hmm. there's nothing inherently wrong nope. with the movie. I disagree with it's that. It's entertaining. It's cheesy. It's funny. It's so cheesy. Yeah, but but it's meant to be cheesy. So, are, well, I guess the Percy Jackson ones weren't meant to be cheesy. They just turned out that exactly. Way. <laughs> and so that's what I'm saying. Like when people are like, well, if you don't compare the Percy Jackson movies to the books, they're good movies. And I'm like, no, they're not. They're <laughs> like, funny. They're funny. Even to when they're at. not compared to the books, they do not make sense. And they are not good movies. Fair enough. Fair enough. Without reading this book, you still enjoy this movie with like you. It's it still. Oh, yeah. I grew it up loving can it. can stand on its own merits, which I feel like is rare mm-hmm. it's just however we're sad. still gonna dive into it and just tear it apart we're it's just gonna sad when you look at it because and now this is another example sorry we'll dive into the book soon this is another one that i was thinking about and we'll get to this book eventually howl's moving castle is an mm. example of a book and a movie that are so entirely different like it is the loosest so good. tie between the two however even after reading the book, I could still watch the movie and thoroughly enjoy it. That is mm-hmm. not the case and with this it. one. This one, I read the book and now mm. I watch the movie and I can't thoroughly enjoy it because I know what well, it could have been. <laughs> and I get that, which is why I just say, like, the thing is, is that I can watch this movie having read the book 
And I really enjoy, and I still enjoy. I think the movie. I need time. I just can't do it back to back. Yeah, I need time to and forget. So <laughs> you made the mistake of reading the book first mm-hmm. before rewatching the movie. I rewatched the movie before I reread the book. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Movie was still enjoyable. Book still better. I know we haven't gotten to the answering of that question yet, but I'm just gonna say it right We're now. We're just spoiling it. So anyway, we're just going to, I mean, in typical, the book was better podcast fashion. We're going to tear it apart. It's fine. It's fun. (laughs) It's just what we do. It's not because we don't love it. It's because we love it that we must (laughs) tear it apart. We must criticize it with love. Okay. (laughs) Do you remember who goes first? Do I ever remember who goes first? No, but neither do I. I'm trying to remember who went first last time when we talked about the Grinch. I should start writing it down. You should. <laughs> like I have you really my should. Notebook out. I will this time. Whenever we decide who's about to go first, I'll write down. I went first, or Taylor went first, and then we'll have it. I think you went first last time. Sure. Because I I've, have a vague memory of finishing the points, like of me finishing the points. Yes, you did. Which would only happen if you started, right? Yeah, I think you go first this time. Okay, well, either way, I guess I'm going to go first. Just And I'm going to write it down. Yeah, write it down. I went first. New year, I new progress. I went first. There we go. We'll reference that in two weeks when we record again. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so I guess I'll start then. Mm-hmm. So my number three, guys, all of them are going to be grievances oh, today. Yeah. Let's just cut. Oh, let's yeah. just, just throw that out there. And also, I'll say that picking just three was impossible. Was so hard. The number of honorable mentions. Honorable we're gonna have. <laughs> we're going to have a lot today. <laughs> so my number three grievance is the loss of the original Cinderella story mm-hmm. in the movie. Hardcore. Um, I'm like trying to think, cause it's not like I watched it today. I watched it like early. I watched it like a week ago at this point. I don't, I can't remember any like, well, I mean, it's the significant s- references to Cinderella. It's the, in the stepmother movie. and the stepsisters. That's Other than the stepmother and stepsisters. that's it you know like that's all that's all i can but that's not even unique to just cinderella like there are plenty of fairy tales with step parents and step like that's Uh, the one stepmother with the two evil stepsisters is pretty (laughs) classic cinderella okay but that's it then that you get in the movie Mm -hmm. right well, okay. So in um, the book, do they have a ball? They have. A, they kind of have a ball. They have, but again, that's but not something the same that kind happens of in lots of. They ha- it happens in lots of, and it's not the same movies, kind where it's for him to find a bride. So, yes. So in the book, I'm just gonna kind of go through them real quick. Her and Char find glass slippers. Yeah. Which like magically form to her feet. Basically, they don't magically form to her feet. This is an honorable mention. I'm just going to throw out here real quick. She's supposed to have tiny feet. 
because she's part fairy. She's got a little bit well, of fairy she's not blood. Even part, she's got literally like a drop of fairy blood. But yeah. that makes her have tiny feet. And so that's why there's no way the shoes could fit anyone else because they look like they're made for dolls. And she has little doll feet. It's like an explanation <laughs> for why well, the glass also the shoes mount, only the, the, fit her. The, the glass slippers are also like implied to be like fairy crafted or something. Yeah. So they do because she when she w- puts them on for the first time, she talks about how it's like they're not going to hold me. These are going to suck. I'm going to fall over, blah, blah, blah. And how they like molded t- to her feet like they're they're magic in some sense. But also. it's it's because she but has also tiny she does little have incredibly tiny, tiny little, little baby, baby feet. feet. <laughs> <laughs> Not actual baby feet, but still very little small doll feet. Um, so this is the glass slippers. There's the turning a pumpkin into mm-hmm. a carriage and mice into horses and stuff to bring her to the ball that she has to return by midnight because the spell will break. It's like so straight up Cinderella story. It was like crazy. so straight up Cinderella. The fact that her name is Ella, short for Eleanor because she's named after her mom, but she goes by Ella. But then her stepsisters, when they force her to become the slave for the house, like Cinderella, yeah, call her Cinder, <laughs> like Cinderella. Like yeah. they refer to her as Cinder. As Cinders. Like, they call her old Cinders. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's those a are ball. the major. There's a ball there's a, there's where the he's ball. looking for a wife. Where it's well, it's three balls, so that's a little different than the original Cinderella. Where in Ella Enchanted, the book, not the movie, there is a series of balls three nights in a row, which is kind of nice because honestly, you're gonna expect someone to pick their bride after a single evening, like yeah. at least they're given in multiple days to get to know someone, but <laughs> but yeah, so there's many more elements of the original Cinderella story in the book. In very charming and like nostalgic ways that, you know, kind of just bring that original story in, which which I missed. I miss when I watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, again, I'll mention, like, I still enjoy the movie when I watch it. But knowing right what could have been included and especially when it's like five freaking screenwriters, like kick three of those people out. And this movie would have been so much better. <laughs> like, Depending too on the many three cooks that you in the kitchen. Out. There were way too many cooks in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't. Regardless of who you kicked out, I think it would have been a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think it's so interesting that it's such a clear cut and dry Cinderella story. And they were like, nah, let's make it. Now nah, there's totally too many of those. different. <laughs> I'm like, why? It's so clearly like in the description by the author. She calls it like another rendition of a Cinderella story. A Cinderella. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just what were they thinking? I feel you. So, so so that's it. Like, I don't feel like I need to go into a whole lot more detail on that. Just I listed my examples. It's just factual. They took out the majority of the Cinderella Cinderella story from the movie. And that bummed me out. I, that was a major thing for me that I, I feel like they could have done a lot better in the movie and they just didn't. Well, and I thought it was such a clever explanation of the Cinderella stuff as well. You know? Like the idea mm-hmm. that fairies, you know, can't create something out of nothing. So she has to well, use. Well, they can, but that's considered but that's big of, magic yeah. and big magic 
causes other problems. So mm-hmm. she has to use a pumpkin and mice because then it's, you know, and she uses like And vines. put a deadline on it so it's not forever. Yeah. And that's why there's a deadline. And yeah. And I just thought it was yeah. such a clever take on all of the Cinderella stuff. Mm-hmm. Same with like the stepmother situation, how the dad was broke. So he needed to marry this rich woman that he didn't really care that much about. But he's like, sorry, she's well, rich. The dad in general, this is an honorable mention, but he sucked. The dad in general is just awful. Yeah. He's in the movie. They just make him seem dumb. Yeah. But he's not. He's like a sk- conniving, conniving, conniving trader who doesn't care about his daughter at all and really just cares about money. So when he loses all of his He's money, the most selfish person ever. Yeah. When he loses all his money, he marries this horrible woman because she has money only because he can't marry off his daughter yet. Yeah, he tries. <laughs> he tries to do Ooh, that. That first. scene, that scene drives me nutty. Scene where he drugs his daughter to flirt with the old man. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. If you haven't read this book, by the way, what are you doing? <laughs> It's so good. It's such an easy read. It's so good. And it's beautifully written. It's 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 one of those first person. I mean, it's a romance book, but not super romance adventure. But it's but it's so well done. It's so cute. Not cringy. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. (laughs) So. So if you didn't like the movie, read the book. It's totally different. It's very different and you will love it. Yeah. And it's quick. And also it's free on Kindle Unlimited, I believe. It is. Mm -hmm. It is indeed. Or Um, your local library. Okay. So yeah, the dad isn't hard. (laughs) You've got a library card. (laughs) The dad sucks. Anyway, speaking of which, that was actually in my number three. So we kind of already moved into it a little bit. There we go. Segue. So my number three is about all the the side characters essentially being totally different. The dad is supposed to be this awful, selfish Mm -hmm. man. Um, The sisters, I mean, they're obviously annoying, but they are not... Like they are in the movie. Hattie. They're even worse in the book. Which yeah. They're pretty dang awful in the movie. They're like. But they're even worse in the book. I think the movie is very stereotypical, like annoying teenage girl vibes, like modern. Bratty yeah. sister. Yeah. Whereas in the book, it's much more like the traditional. You have the Hattie, who's the smart, clever one who just wants to like marry the prince and become the queen and. And all she cares about is power and, and looks and stuff. And she just is awful. Very vain. And then you have the Olive, who is like actually not smart. Like at all. No, she has a mental handicap. And she just <laughs> wants people to talk to her all the time. So when she, she uses wants any amount of attention, when she uses the obedience thing against Ella, it's always like, tell me a story. Tell me another story. Tell me another story. Give me your money. Talk to That's me. the other thing. She's obsessed with money because her mom because and her sister her mom always and have sister more. Have so much more. Mm-hmm. So she's obsessed with money and just wants people to talk to her because she's she's very simple minded. Yes. So those are very different. Um, Mandy is totally is not different. Young. <laughs> she's like this old woman, like caretaker style. Mm-hmm. 
who's like sweet, but like stern when she needs to be and just wants the best for Ella and is like secret. The best cook ever because she's secretly a fairy. Because fairies have to be secret. Because if people... <laughs> if people knew about fairies, they would, like, try to take advantage of them or they'd be upset. And they would constantly ask them to fix their problems and then be upset with how the problem was fixed yeah. or if it didn't get fixed. Blah, so blah, blah. most fairies, Lucinda <laughs> excluded, uh, try to keep it secret. So only Ella and Ella's mom knew as well but only ella knows that mandy is a fairy she's not this like because mandy is her fairy godmother not lucinda yeah in the movie they call lucinda her fairy godmother it's, she's not it's not it's mandy and mandy was her mom's and her grandma's fairy she's like godmother super too. old like she's been in their family like following the eleanor line is what they refer mm -hmm. to it as in the book yeah yeah and so it's totally different she's not like trying to learn magic like that whole opening scene where she's like trying to learn her magic powers i'm and sorry stuff. ella i'm just a a, how, a, a, a house household fairy? fairy i don't know or something total just made up also garbage. she does not have some in in, in some fiance that no. she turns into a book no the book is just a magical fairy creation it's a dope that book she gifts that she gifts to and it's such Ella. a clever... I mean, the book is actually pretty accurate in, in the movie. It's such a clever writing device because the book is mm -hmm. written in first person, so you're limited to just Ella. But when she opens the book, she'll see letters from Char, letters from her sisters, letters from her father. She'll see pictures. She'll see all this stuff. Illustrations. Suddenly, we can get a glimpse into the other characters' lives and thoughts mm -hmm. that we couldn't get otherwise from a first person narrative. It's genius. So well written, so clever. Mm -hmm. Anyways, and she doesn't go overboard with it either. No, no, no. It's just when it's needed, it's and it's so just well executed. Just right, yeah. It's like it's not like a shortcut. Yeah, and yeah. then her friend. It's kind of. It, I mean, it's kind of similar in the fact that like she's from that other country and sometimes gets made fun of, but the political overtones that they put in the movie oh my goodness not in the book at all i thought that it was way too heavy-handed i thought that i was like that is not That's necessary Hollywood tends to be yeah and so the whole thing about like it being like super racist it's like not it's not as big a deal in the book it's more just like she has an accent and like people kind of make fun of her for that and she's kind of quirky like but Ella only is. the other bratty noble girls yeah it's not like a big like, thing where like adults everyone's don't really racist. care char doesn't care in no. fact in the book charmant spends a year in i can't remember yeah, how I to don't know i'm not gonna be able to pronounce it i know the language is iorth iorthian or like yeah. iorthan or something so it's like but i can't remember the name of the land itself like iortha or iorthia or something like that but he spends a whole year in the court there yeah in the book yeah learning the language learning the customs because they're uh the kingdom like closest to the, to frell and mm -hmm. their allies and whatnot yeah. so yeah so it's like she does have a friend but it's not like the same and she never and actually Hattie does demand that she stop being friends with her however ella she doesn't actually <laughs> do it she just runs away so she doesn't have to ever tell her we can't be friends anymore so mm -hmm. 
it's yeah. So the side characters, they just took the names and the general idea of them and went their own names way. Names are the same. That's what this is what I wrote. I wrote down names are the same. Story is not like, yeah, just, that's it. Took the names like, and made up their own thing. Ella and Char, there's a bunch of differences with them, too. But we're going to get into those later. I'll get to it. I just wanted to talk about the uh, the side characters. The also, side characters. just last note, the mom, you're like supposed to really love the mom. They like really emphasize the first couple chapters are with the mom and this whole like connection that she has with well, her, her mom. mom doesn't. Her mom dies when she's 14 or 15 in the book. I don't Whereas think she's quite movie, that old, but she is older. Yes. No, she is. She's like 14 or really? 15. Well, she's the not. Story's... She can't be 15 because that's how old she is when she goes off to finishing school. And that's like a year after the mom dies. So she must be. 14. No, that's literally a month after the oh, mom wow. dies because the dad knows nothing. Happens. The dad doesn't know what to do with her. Oh, remember? Yeah, that's true. And so he's all like, oh, in two weeks, you're going to leave with these. with right. What's her buckets daughters and go to that finishing school. I'll just write a letter to the headmistress. Like, yeah. <laughs> Which the whole finishing so, school part is also left out. But that's yeah. not. But yeah, so her mom is, whereas I feel like in the movie, she's like 10, 11 or 12. She's younger in the movie. She's definitely younger. And then they time skip so many years. (laughs) There is no giant time skip like that in the book. It's all pretty. There is variation in how quickly time passes but it's like, not there like are some chapters that literally handle just an evening and then there's a chapter that'll cover like six months <laughs> but, but it's but yeah, not it's like not a five years mm-hmm. oh yeah so all right that's my number three um, we're a half hour mentions. in and we're oh, just we'll getting to, to number two listen okay my number two <laughs> I didn't think I'd be this passionate about this, but I actually should have seen this coming. Of course I'm, of course I am. Okay. So this one makes, this one really grinds my gears, but it's still not even my number one. So just wait till we get to my number one. But this Mm -hmm. one really bothers me. The fact that in the movie, Lucinda just like continues to do whatever she wants and mess with people's lives in the book. Mandy sees how upset Ella is after she basically has to trick Char into thinking she doesn't love him because she the, the curse would put him and his kingdom in too much danger if she were to marry him. And Mandy's finally like, OK, enough is enough. And she has Ella like hide behind a curtain and she basically like calls for Lucinda and Lucinda pops up. And she basically challenges Lucinda to doing what she puts other people through, because in the book, you learn that whenever one of the people that Lucinda has, quote unquote, gifted comes to her, like asking her to remove it, she tends to turn them into a squirrel for a couple of weeks. Yeah. As a like, how dare you be ungrateful kind of thing. And they do mention that in the beginning of the movie. I guess that's when, true. After a she gives bit, her the yeah. gift, she says, oh, well, instead I could just turn her into a squirrel. And they're like, oh, no, obedience is a lovely gift. Yeah. So Mandy basically challenges her pride enough that Lucinda agrees. And she spends two weeks as a squirrel and then two weeks as an eight year old child gifted with obedience. 
that has to listen to whatever her, you know, parents. I don't know how that part works exactly. But uh, how her innkeeper parents like did whatever. And she comes back ragged and haggard looking much, much older than like she used to look and portray herself as. And she vows to never perform big magic ever again. Which is what her gifts Which were. is why she can't. Yeah, because they were insane. You don't do. You're not supposed to do that. It messes too much with. Yeah, like people's fate and like the universe and whatnot. Like you're not. Yeah. It's big magic. Fairies aren't supposed to do that kind of big magic. It's dangerous. Yeah. So she vows then and there not to do it anymore. And then Ella pops out behind the curtain and is like, um, but could you at least like remove mine first? <laughs> and she's like, no, like, I'm sorry. Like I vow, like I've, I've already taken like this vow to never, to not do big magic anymore. Like, I'm really sorry. Uh, and, and she's like, I feel for you. I didn't realize what I was doing to you. I, you can still can break do. the curse yourself, but there's nothing that I can do. Please call on me though. If you ever need anything that I could do, help you with like with small magic, magic wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then Lucinda is the one that gifts her the carriage and stuff that then disappears at midnight when she comes when it comes time to going to the balls because she she wants to do whatever she can to help Ella because she does feel sorry, but she makes that vow. And I just I mean, what's the point in the movie? Cool. Ella is able to finally break the gift slash curse on her own. What about but you learn else? that like Lucinda's going around to like random weddings, births, like things that just because apparently fairies just enjoy weddings and births. So they just pop up even if they're not invited. And she's just popping up at these things and giving these gifts to people when they don't want them. And just causing havoc and creating chaos in all these different people's lives. And in the movie, that's just you just assume that that's just going to continue to happen. And yeah, she just still me, sucks like, a lot. <laughs> like she doesn't learn. At all. And she still has an attitude with Ella when she's, you know, chained to the tree. And then even, you know, spitefully kind of like sends her on her way and continues to think that she's helping when she's not and not listening to people's wishes. And I just it makes me so mad. Like Lucinda in the movie is the worst. And Lucinda in the books in the beginning is also the worst, but then she learns. And I I hate that they they didn't give that character development and that arc to Lucinda in the movie. It just makes me really mad. So that's my number two. Yep, I agree. Um, My number two is kind of having to do with the curse uh, bless you know gift whatever you want to call it curse <laughs> it's essentially a curse as well um so in the movie obviously there's this and this is gonna get into a little bit of a second point as well that was an honorable mention but i'll just kind of talk about it really quick there's no <laughs> uncle there's no evil uncle in the book no the, I feel Charles like the parents are still alive and well and happy and actually very good rulers. <laughs> I feel like the reason they needed to add him to the movie was because they took away all the Cinderella aspects. So suddenly they didn't have a story and we're like, I guess we need a bad villain. Uh, we need a bad guy. I'm like, why didn't you just leave <laughs> we a need, story? We need a cause strong enough 
to for her to break the curse. And yeah, I'm just so like, I think just in yeah, the movie, no. the uncle finds out that she has to be obedient and tells her she has to kill Char. And so obviously to save the life of the man that she loves, she finds the willpower enough to break the curse. Which is fine. But my big thing is that in the book, there's no like big baddie. There's no like imminent danger. Yeah. It's just her realizing that if she goes with Char, who she loves and he loves her. But if she becomes princess, eventually queen with this gift of obedience, she could be a danger to Char and to Frell as the whole kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Because someone could ask her to sign a paper to give a signal to, you know, do something bad that could jeopardize the whole country. And she doesn't want to put Char in that position. So she tries really hard. I feel like her her she's she's so much more. And this is even more amazing because, yeah, when you think about it in the book, she is younger than she is in the movie. But she's so mature. She's so much more mature. Yeah. And. Thinking about everybody else's happiness before her own. Oh, hey, wait, that's another Cinderella point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Whereas I feel like in the movie, yeah, if like her, if if Char's uncle had never demanded that she kill him, she would have never tried to stay away from him and would have been like, eh, it's fine, I'll make it work. Like she just wasn't as bright in the movie. Let's just be real. <laughs> yeah. And so. She originally just tries to get Char to give up on her. But then she realizes that it's it's really hard for her. So she tries to see him one last time. And, you know, there's the whole scene at the ball. He comes, figures out it's her. Figures out that he loves her or she loves him. He confesses his love and he says, like, marry me. And she real and that's like a command. So she like has to be obedient. She has to marry him. And she's like, I can't I can't I'd be putting the country at risk i'd be putting him at risk i can't marry him i can't marry him and she has this internal struggle over marrying the man that she loves just because it'll put them in danger and that's when she breaks the curse and she's like no i won't Mm -hmm. marry you no i can't like it would put you a danger i have this curse and suddenly she's like oh i've never been able to talk about the curse before because my mom told me not to wait i'm doing this i'm doing this i broke the curse this is so happy. And then they can get married because she broke the curse. And it's very and cute and sweet. There's this running joke throughout the whole book where she's like, no, I'm too young to, for marriage, like for all sorts of different, like, oh, yeah. silly reasons. And so then she goes a few moments ago, I was too young to be married. But now, <laughs> like, and then she likes it and it's cute and it's clever and heartfelt and I feel like, again, in typical Hollywood fashion, they added a bunch of unnecessary drama to the movie. Hold on. My boss is calling me. So one second. Okay. Okay. Anyways, do you want me do you want to clap again so you could know where we started back? up? No, I'll just because I never stopped recording. Did you? No, I didn't either. Yeah, so then we'll just get back into it. Okay. I don't even remember what I was saying. Listen, I I do. Hold on. Give me a second. We were talking. About I was on my number two, the, right? The way the curse oh, gets the broken. the added drama. Just the added drama of Hollywood. Yes. So essentially because the of this whole, like, stupid oh, we're going to have Ella stab him. 
Yeah. And, ooh, that'll be dramatic, and then she'll break the curse, and then we'll imprison her, and blah, blah, blah. But it's like... It's so dramatic. There's yeah. still... There, there's still, like, you know, that suspenseful, like, ooh, moment in the book because she's wearing a mask for all three balls. And then at that third ball, while she's dancing with Char, Hattie comes dancing by and rips the mask yeah. off because she's jealous that Char is spending all this time with this mystery girl. And then, like, Ella, like, really quickly tries to cover her face. But you hear both Hattie and Charmont go, like, Ella. And then she just, like, books it out of there and runs all the way to her house and, like, rips the gown off. And Mandy's like, pack your things. We're going to leave. And then it's like before they can get out, the prince and all of his guards and knights and stuff show up at their house. And then they do the shoe trying on thing. That was another thing that they did yeah. that they didn't do in the movie that yeah. is Cinderella in the book. And I mean, it's still so good and still suspenseful and still like a climax of the, you know, the storyline. They didn't need to do all of that crazy uncle murder poison crown, just like five screenwriters was too many. Yeah, <laughs> just I mean, it, it is an entirely different story in the end there. And I'm going to talk about that on my number one. But it just it ends up being an entirely different story. So that's my number two in a nutshell is the way she breaks the curse, I think, is a lot more poetic and mature in the book than it is in the movie, which is more dramatic and kind of over the top. Yeah. So. All right. Honorable mention. Honorable mentions. <laughs> We've already mentioned a bunch. I'm like, should I just go down my list? My notebook is filled with them. Like. <laughs> Um, um, a big one of mine that almost that like it almost made my top three. Mm -hmm. Um, so this would be my number four if we did four, but we don't mm -hmm. is that they they took out all of the the different languages mm -hmm. of all of the different creatures and and the fact that Ella is naturally gifted with languages like yeah. she learns languages really quickly and easily which has nothing to do with somebody demanding that she know it. Like, it's just a natural gift that she has. Not only with, you know, picking up on the language quickly, but in being able to pronounce it correctly and stuff. So not only does she know and learn Aorthian relatively quickly and, you know, converses with her, you know, who you'd, who you'd call her best friend. But she's able to speak to gnomes in the gnomes language and giants in the giants language and the ogres in the ogres language, which is how she survives the ogres. She doesn't get tied up and dangled over a giant pot no. just waiting to be saved. Like she's smarter she and them. stronger and more clever than that. Like she tricks them with their own language, like with their own tricks. Like it's. Yeah. And not to mention it's like the. A bunch of the creatures are missing dragons, the centaurs, uh, the this the speaking parrots and like and just so much of that was missing, which made me sad. So, well, and uh, one of my honorable mentions is with the ogres. They're not misunderstood. They're not like <laughs> creatures that no, we should just straight up bad. Like, empathize <laughs> for. Like, no, they straight up eat people. And they like have this like way of speaking that makes you want to do things for them and makes you think they're your friends. But it's not it, they're not this like 
ogre side is terrible. And, uh, it's just the political well, side that they also, added. But also, even when Char does show up with the ogres and stuff and they do tie them up, they just tie them up and gag them. They don't just slaughter them. Yeah. So it's not. There's no ogre it, side. Like, it, <laughs> there's, even though the ogres are not misunderstood, they are just bad and go around and just eat anything that moves kind of thing. But they, like, yeah, he, he, they're still Charmant. And his, because, again, it's his dad who's still in rule and, like, they're good rulers. Like, they're still... I guess you'd say diplomatic about it. I don't know. Um, and not to mention, they got the elves totally wrong in the movie as well. So. Yeah. And they left out all of the really pretty creations and. You yeah, know, there's like this gorgeous art that and, the elves yeah, make. And the jewelry. And yeah. Yeah. Just. Totally left out. And then. Did I have any others? I mean, I did think that. The f the movie does have some funny, fun references, right? Like how it's medieval, but, you know, they threw in like the modern idea of like a shopping mall, but in medieval times and, you know, like what a medieval escalator would be, you know, like it's there was some clever and like funny stuff that like in the movie that I definitely mm -hmm. did enjoy from like, oh, that's kind of punny, you know, like, oh, that's clever. That's creative. I didn't. Like, again, it's, it's not like I hate the movie. Like, I still enjoy the movie, and the movie does have a few redeeming qualities, like some of the, that, that its own, you know, unique cleverness. But yeah, it's definitely not a musical. In fact, they stay, she states explicitly in the book that singing is something she's never been able to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, they she leave cannot out, keep a tune. They leave out the whole finishing school. It. so mm -hmm. she gets sent. no they just go to like a public high school so yeah. to speak with debate class you know it's they really very tried to make time in medieval yeah. times they really yeah. tried to mush modern times with the medieval times in the movie mm -hmm. whereas the book is very much just what those times were like where women were sent to finishing school to learn to sing and dance and uh, embroider and so an embroider yeah, yeah. And to sit up straight and, and to write really pretty letters write, with yeah. very pretty handwriting like <laughs> So yeah. they totally cut all that out. And the idea that like Char got so upset when she got sent to finishing school because he's like, there's nothing that oh, needs to be get to finished it. Don't about you worry. her. Yeah, yeah. you're going to talk about that. So I'm going to not touch on it too much. I'm talk about it. The only other thing <laughs> I was going to talk about was. Oh, I just loved this was one of my favorite lines. I thought it was so well written. I just wanted to share it with those who haven't read the book. <laughs> but when she essentially breaks things off with Char and like tries to get him to give up on her. And then she decides she's going to go to the balls, the three balls and disguise herself just so she can see him one more time. Mm -hmm. Cause she just loves him so much. And it says, my heart was still broken. I would see Char and it would mend. I'd leave him and it would break again. There were three balls. It would break three times. And you're like, it's <laughs> mm -hmm. so poetic. Well, I also, my last honorable mention will just be this. In the book, she fights the curse so much more and she can hold out against yeah, that's, the commands yes, yes. for a pretty long time, but it has a physical toll on her body mm -hmm. where she becomes nauseous, lightheaded, like physical pain where she ends up on her hands and knees, like she can't walk kind of thing. But she holds out 
on some commands for like a very long time before she finally gives in. Whereas sometimes I feel like in the not even sometimes like every time in the movie, it's just like this immediate like zing. OK, I do it like yeah, a robot, it's like a <laughs> like robotic so, thing. I didn't like, like it. How has how is Hattie the first and only person to recognize it's this? It's so obvious <laughs> when when Ella is obviously like 18 or something in the movie, at least, you know, <laughs> and it's so obvious. Right. Like it's so bad. Whereas at least in the book you can kind of understand better why maybe it wasn't so obvious until she met somebody so selfish and demanding that they would, you know, finally notice, which was a big thing with Hattie. So that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's my last honorable mention. Yeah. I also realize I do my number one first, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So my number one is, the relationship between Char and oh, Ella. It's so important and it's so messed up. It's so, oh my gosh. So it's so much better in the book. It's insane because it's like a friends to lovers trope in the book. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's so cute. It's so cute. <laughs> Where you learn also that like her, her dad came kind of from nothing, but her mom was like a lady of the court. So mm -hmm. like, Char and Char's parents knew Ella's mom. Yeah. From like events and, you know, cotillions and things. So when her mom dies, Char is at the funeral and she gets sent away because she from her dad, because her dad's awful. And she's like distraught because her mom and, you know, who's also her best friend just died. Yeah. And everybody leaves at the end of the funeral but Char doesn't, and he goes looking for her. Mm -hmm. And this is when she's like 14, 15, and they say that he's two years older than her. So he's like 16, 17. And he like comforts her and basically tells her like, hey, your mom always made me laugh and always made me like smile. And like, I really, I really liked her. And like, I'm really sorry for yeah. you. Like the only true person other than maybe Mandy that gave her like actual sympathy when her mom passed away. Okay, and that's the first time that she ever saw the prince up close. But from there, she like goes to the, you know, magic creatures grounds, which are at the, uh, at the castle grounds and, you know, runs into him again. And they just keep kind of just like running into each other and they form this friendship because he makes she makes him laugh and smile because she's just witty and clever and she's, just unabashedly yeah. herself and isn't your typical lady who fawns over the fact that he's a prince or yeah. wears, you know, the highest fashion. And then, you know, she's just so unabashedly Ella and different that then when she leaves for finishing school, he gets all mad about it. She sees it in her magic book because he writes a letter to his father, I think. Yeah, it's in it's included in a letter to his father, the king. Yeah. How he's mad that this friend, this new friend of his got sent away to finishing yes. school because there was nothing wrong with her. And if she came back, just like all the other ladies, he was going to be ticked, you know, <laughs> like, um, He's got and way then, more personality in the book, too. Like, I just got to say, the char yeah. in the movie is like not much going on upstairs. It feels like. 
like he's so dumb and oblivious to the stuff going on around him. And it really it, it drives me a little nutty. <laughs> yeah. No, he's both of their characters in the book are just so much better. better. Like, so much they're better. Smarter. They're more witty. They're generally more just like, yeah, aware of what's happening. <laughs> Granted, in the in the book, Char doesn't have like a brainwashing evil uncle that's like looking after him. So I guess you can excuse some of um, Charmant, movie Charmant's naivety, I guess, on the fact that he had an uncle who was like purposely keeping information from him. Um, but he's just so much better in the book. Mm-hmm. And he leaves, like I mentioned before, right for a year. And for six months of the year that he's there, they're writing each other back and forth. And that's when Ella realizes that she loves him. Charmon apparently says that he's loved her since he first met her, met like, her at, at the that funeral. funeral. <laughs> like, and he's more and of she a made sap than she is. <laughs> and before he left, they his he came to her dad and that Dame Olga, the twins' mom's mm-hmm. wedding. Not because he particularly cared about the wedding, but because he wanted to see her. And, it, they, and like, have they have this whole moment and they find the glass scene. slippers and they slide down the banister, which is, you know, totally improper or whatever. But like something that they, they, they both like doing because they're free spirited and her mom was free spirited. And again, that was something that not only he, but his parents liked about her mom. So it's not like they're going to be mad at her for being free spirited. So then after that. There's, you know, he tries to see her again at her house before he has to leave. But then, you know, evil stepsisters and stuff step in and use the gift to basically banish her to her room. And then he's gone and they're writing back and forth. And she is turned into basically just an additional scullery maid at the house. And they just further you just further see just this flourishing friendship more than anything else that then turns into love. Which is the best way. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good like enemies to lovers trope too. But like friends to lovers is the right way for tapping. Like, And it's just so it's good. So and then cute. she creates this whole, you know, thing. And, and he opens up to her about his faults. Right. And how one of his big faults is that he's slow to forgive. He's slow to anger, but he's also slow to forgive. So like if somebody does do something, so she's all like, he's going to hate me for the rest of forever. Like I can't like, he'll never forgive me once I do this. This sucks, blah, blah, blah. Which is why she feels like she needs to be disguised at the ball because she's like, he hates me now. I was awful. I had to trick him into breaking his heart, blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't work because he loves her anyway. And she loves him and they live happily ever after. And they live happily ever after in the movie, too. But it's just it's different. Much more of like an immediate attraction, immediate like, oh, we're romantically inclined towards each other. There's no slow building friendship, especially because in the movie, they don't know each other for that long. And she kind of hates him at the beginning. It's more of an enemy's deliverance. Yeah. It is more of an enemy, so yeah. I guess, from her end. He never hates her, but... No. But so that was weird. That was weird to me yeah. in the movie that they yeah. did it that way. And again, like, in the book, before they ever, like, talk about getting married, like, they've been friends for uh, over a year. Like, mm-hmm. almost two. 
yeah, like almost two years before there's ever like, oh, marry me. Like, seriously, this time, marry me. And then she breaks the curse and then it can happen. Yeah. And then there's further talk in the epilogue. I love the epilogue. About how, I love the epilogue because it's like, they have children, Mm -hmm. but when he travels, she travels with him. Yeah, she learns all the languages. she goes to new places and she learns all the languages and she... She doesn't take the title as princess. She takes the title as like court linguist or something. And it's something just like awesome. That, yeah. And it's just, and they love each other and they support each other and they're friends first, which means they confide in each other. And it's just awesome. And you don't see that in the movie. Don't get me wrong. I really like Anne Hathaway. And I also yeah. really, really like Hugh Dancy. I think it's Hugh Dancy. Is it Hugh Dancy or Hugh Darcy? No, it is. It's Hugh Dancy. Really like him too. But it really was not them. their fault. Looks wise, I think they looked the part very well where they gave, you know, Charmant like the curly brown kind of messy hair and all that. But the relationship could have been so much better. <laughs> so much better. Okay. I'll end there. <laughs> Before this episode gets too freakishly long. So. What's your number one? So my number one is the whole thing. No. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> I mean, kind of. it kind of is. It's just the fact that it turned into an entirely <laughs> different story. Is. Like, it is not the same story. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, it's not even s- close to the same story. I mean, yes, there are elements that are the same. She has to be obedient. She has to break the curse. They go to a giant's mm-hmm. wedding at some point. Like, there's a couple of things that are the same. wedding at some point. (laughs) Other than that, like, Lucinda is a fairy. There's a person named Mandy. (laughs) She has a stepmother and stepsisters. Other than that, though, it will entirely be, like, just two totally different stories. Like, if you told me the story of the movie very loosely and told me the story of the book very loosely, I'd be like... Are they like sequels or are they like just different iterations of a fairy tale? Because they're so different. And I really I loved I loved the movie. But then once I read the book and I realized what it could be. Mm -hmm. It I it made me sad. I got I got sad about it because it could be so much better. The book is so good. Guys, if you haven't read the book, do it. I fully endorse this one. There's been a couple books that I've been like, eh, about. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> this one I fully endorse. It's super cute. Super good. Even if you, it's been a while since you've read it, go reread it. It's cute, fun, pretty short, quick read. And it's just, it feels, it makes it feel good. So. It does. I feel like everything that we've talked about up until this point kind of culminates into my number one. So I don't have much more to elaborate on. But I just am sad that they took such a good story and totally twisted it and molded it until it was almost unrecognizable. Right. So there you go. That's my number one. (laughs) It's a bummer that the movie again, we've both we both enjoyed the movie. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, (laughs) It is sad to think about how much better it could have been had they included, you know, just a little bit more. So it's sad. 
Mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> but anyway, that's, yeah. Fan faux pas. Do you want to, do you want to do the fan faux pas? Do you have it pulled up? I do not. Um, <laughs> I can find it really quickly. Surprisingly, with how many differences there are between the book and the movie, I don't think this is one that a whole lot of people are super passionate about. And that kind of shows in the fact that we only got one fan faux pas Mm -hmm. from Allie L. And she said, I really like the movie. I know the book is really different. I remember Ella being more snarky in the book. And and that's just where she left it at. Um, And she's definitely more snarky in the book. I like her way better. She's snarky in like a, a fun, like clever way compared to the snark that's in the movie. That's like, I'm on the right side and all of you are making political mistakes. And I just ugh, I hated all of that part of the movie Mm-hmm. with you. Hi, guys. I am just cutting in so that we are. I'm recording this after Taylor and I already recorded, but we got another faux pas after we recorded but before I edited it and so I wanted to just add it in really quick because it's good so we got another faux pas from Daily M and she said they are two completely different stories in my mind the curse and the characters are pretty well the same but that's about it I like the movie but the book is one of my all-time favorites sad Hattie didn't have a wig to burn in the movie uh I think Keeping the wig deal with uh, Dame Olga and Hattie would have been pretty funny. But as we've already discussed in the episode, um, yeah, we we agree. It's basically, yeah, the same characters with the same names. And that's about it. Otherwise, they're completely different. Uh, So thanks for sending that in. Other than that, we have the age-old question, which we've kind of already answered. I mean, if it's not (laughs) obvious already. But was the book better? Yes. A million times better. Such a cute, fun story. Very well written. That's all I can say. So much better. And that's not to say the movie's bad. The book was just so much better. (laughs) I mean... Honestly, though. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, read the book. If, if you take yes. anything away from our ramblings today. <laughs> and they were the ramblings. ramblings should tell you. <laughs> the ramblings should tell you to read the book because the book is great. Yep. Just so great. It's just. And again, it's so quick and easy that if you haven't read it, like, why not? It's free on Kindle Unlimited. Like, why? Why not? Why haven't you? So next week, like we mentioned earlier for our mini-sode, we will be just reviewing and kind of talking about the Harry Potter reunion and the insaneness that it is that it's been 20 years. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's crazy to me and probably not just to me, probably to other people, right? Yep. And then after that, we are doing... Treasure Island Mm -hmm. with a twist. (laughs) With a twist. We're not going to compare it. Listen, we'll we'll talk about it when we get closer to it, because there are literally over 
we're gonna 20. have we're gonna have a, a whole mini different film talking yeah, we'll about all the different ones. But the main all the Treasure episode. Island stuff. But the main episode we're gonna have some fun with, and we're gonna talk about Treasure Island the book in comparison to the movie Treasure Planet, which is one of the most underrated Disney it's movies so of all time. Good. So it's good. So good. So yeah, that'll be fun. It'll be a fun episode. So tune in in two weeks for that or next week to talk all things Harry Potter again. Other than that, Happy New Year once again. We hope everybody takes it easy on themselves. Like, yeah, set some goals, set some resolutions, but also be kind to yourself. A lot has gone on in the past couple of years and you don't have to have a giant list of accomplishments to be like a good person and to be considered like a great like like to have self-worth so don't get carried away and lost in all of the goals lists and whatnot and and otherwise we we hope that you have a great week and don't forget to read <laughs>